grab a beer. Not a uh, savon savon blanc of. Uh, well, that's wine, right? Wheat. Yeah, I'm trying to make a a comparison because I don't know beer. I don't know what you well, just said. I don't said. either. I know. I don't know what you just said. The things well, that you just said. That's the name of the beer. Right. I can't even pretend to repeat it. What is it again? So this is called an Aventinus, which mm. is good. Okay. And the other one is called La Fin du Monde, which is also good. Um, but I'm not a big beer fan either. Like Apparently you, you said, I will take a lukewarm PBR. <laughs> Right, but yeah, d- no. Occasionally, I do get like an itch to like just have a beer. And we were by a Total Wine, so we went in, and I grabbed up those two that I just mentioned, uh, and then I grabbed one called a Yeti for some reason. I was just like looking, just wanted to try something new, and um. I I tried it, I think, the other night. I was going to drink it before the Oscars mm-hmm. because I needed something to get through the Oscars. And it tasted like straight up rubbing alcohol. It was so disgusting. And yeah, it made me think of like, who, like, like I'm not, I don't like the, I don't like beer culture. I, I don't like, but I also don't like that in like any, I don't like that in food culture. You don't like that in cheese. Cheese right. culture. Exactly. I don't like that much of a deep dive. Who's the worst? I don't like the pretentiousness in that in, in anything. What what is the one pick one food culture where that doesn't exist? Yogurt? <laughs> I'm sure it exists in yogurt. They just um, want like the stinkiest curds. Yeah. And they, I can't, I can't eat yogurt. Like the legit people are like, oh, Greek yogurt. Yeah, no, I can't. Eat yeah, it. you crack the seal on that thing. It smells like something died in there. <clears throat> and then people are like, oh yeah, it's good. You gotta mix that up. Yeah. With the chunks, the cottage cheese. Did you watch the Oscars? Uh, yeah. I have a theory. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll say this. The only interesting thing about me watching the Oscars, I made it all the way to the end, literally to the very end. They announced La La Land. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Warren Beatty and being like, "How heartbroken were you that La La Land lost?" <laughs> I still haven't fully recovered. No, uh-huh. um, but I remember watching and Warren Beatty was struggling, and I remember in the moment thinking, "He's not. He's not like playing this up." You know, like Faye Dunaway uh-huh. was like, you're being silly. And I was like, I think he's having like, I, I was, I was scared for him. I thought at first he was having like a moment. Mm-hmm. Like I thought for, at first he like couldn't read, like mm-hmm. he forgot how to read or something. And, uh, I, I was actually concerned for him. And then in the way that she just said La La Land so confidently, like she just mm-hmm. looked over and was like La La Land. I remember just thinking like, oh, that was weird. But literally I turned it off immediately. Like oh, as really? soon, yeah. As soon as I heard best picture, boom, off. Mm. I'm walking. I'm not even up my stairs, and I get an alert on my phone from like the New York Times. Like they buzz my phone in. It's like mm-hmm. La Land loses to Moonlight, and I was like, "What?" It's like an Amber Alert. It's like a missing child. I know. I know. That's how what, serious it is. What, what's crazy is I want to see if I can tweak my alerts because I get New York Times. Yeah, just turn your notifications. Well, off. no, but the thing is, is that it's for the worst stories. Mm-hmm. Like 
anything that's big, like sessions. I didn't get a sessions one. Mm -hmm. I got one about um, Breath of the Wild, which, I mean, okay, but. I mean, it sounds like they know you pretty well. <laughs> La La Land and Breath of the Wild so far. You're batting a thousand, right? You know what? Yeah, I guess maybe I checked the, a few yeah. boxes. I didn't think about it enough. Anyway, go on. Well, I have a theory. I went to sleep. Julia woke me up when it happened. But here's my theory. It was all planned. Mm. Right? Come on. The Oscars. Come on. What channel was the Oscars on? What channel? Was it ABC? ABC. Okay. Who hosted the Oscars? Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel, who has a late night show on what channel? ABC. ABC. What is Jimmy Kimmel known for doing? Pulling pranks. Pulling pranks, right? So what better way than to, what better way to boost the ratings, not only of the Oscars and ABC, but also of the show that the host of the Oscars also hosts on ABC? I mean, he can be talking about this for weeks. Here's the thing. You've just perfectly exemplified conspiracy theories. Why? You can't disprove it. Yeah, you you got caught up in a thread of thought. This is my own thread. I haven't got, seen this mentioned no, that's anywhere what I'm saying. else. This is even worse. You've you've got lost on your own thread. It makes so much sense to you, and then that becomes your reality. Does it not make sense to you? But there's so <clears throat> many things refuting it. All you have like what? to do is read the report on the Price Waterhouse Coopers of the two accountants. Okay, they're in on it. <laughs> D they, look, they face no punishment whatsoever. They don't lose their jobs. They're not losing any sort of money. They don't get to go to the Oscars anymore. Big whoop. And they are they the the uh now this is the part that's unprovable. But if you're telling me that they're suffering no consequences, for being called out, like they're not faceless in this. He has been, his picture has been blasted everywhere. Here's the idiot tweeting on his phone okay. and, and people are making fun of him. Although, and you're, you're saying I'll take that, that just to, I'll take that for a little bit of buyout money from ABC. I'll <laughs> be harassed so, day and night on Twitter for 10 grand Nobody would welcome harassment on Twitter. That's the one thing that the, I just the most welcomed it. the most unbelievable thing that you've said so far <laughs> is that anybody would welcome the smallest inkling of of harassment on Twitter. I didn't say that. John Ronson wrote a whole book about how that's the worst thing ever. I said, no, you said this I guy. I would welcome it. Yeah, yeah, but you said like, oh, this guy and this I girl. I said it was a small price to pay. It's in not the, a. In the that's what I'm saying. Things. It's not a small price to pay. I, that might be the biggest price our uh, our culture can make someone pay. Get called out on Twitter. I think that says more about how much you value Twitter. Than I think it does this all says else. a lot about how much you value your own voice. What does that even mean? Because you just want to hear yourself pontificate and talk about a theory on the Oscars. That's I'm completely done. unprovable. I'm already done. And that and that it took has me less than thirty seconds. And has more evidence to refute it than it does to making me believe it. You have presented no evidence to refute it. The two people are not anonymous. If they were anonymous, then you might have something. But they, there are pictures of them at the moment that they screwed up. Yeah, but how, how does that disprove how, anything? And how far deep does Jimmy Kimmel have to go to execute this uh, grand scheme? 
and that the A B and the A B C would be maybe he doesn't even know. Board. Maybe it's just the A B C executive. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. Now, right now, okay, I see, I see what level we're operating on here. I'm sorry. Um, I have a quick question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so my my um social media game has been rocked a little bit lately, mm-hmm. and I'm a little unsure of myself. I got like you know have you ever had just like a a lightning strike of inspiration and you're like I know exactly what I want to say about something and you jump on Twitter or, or whatever else and you kind of get it out there and it, you feel good about it mm-hmm. and you're like good I I'm on board with what I just posted sure well I had that the other day and it bombed. Big time. On Facebook? Yeah. No mm. one cared. And I had Elise read it. And she, after telling her, I was like, hey, I thought this deserved a little more of a reaction. And she read it and just shrugged. Like, she right. Um, she completely dismissed it. And I wanted to throw it to you. Okay. And I, I'm trying to send a, an angry Facebook post. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little gun shy. And I, okay. I want to know if you can help me workshop it a little bit. All right. Help, help me build my weaknesses here. All right. Where, mm-hmm. Where's my weak spot? So first, the, the post that bombed. All right. You know those stupid posts from like BuzzFeed and sites that you've never heard of before where it's like, want to feel old? And it's like a picture of Screech now and when he was in Saved by the Bell okay. or... Like a beanie baby, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to click on it, and then it's like beanie babies came out 30 years ago, right. you know, um, stuff like that drives me freaking crazy, and it also drives me crazy when people like share it and like comment on it, and in Facebook sometimes those are the things that I end up not being able to scroll past weirdly because uh-huh. I think my body hates it so much that I want to like rubberneck, and just see people be like, oh my goodness. And like that's their whole mm-hmm. comment, and then share, like, whatever. So I posted. Uh, so I jumped on Facebook. I grabbed a picture of the Say by the Bell cast. Uh-huh. I just put, "Want to feel old?" And then I put like question mark exclamation mark, and I put, "Okay, then just feel old," mm-hmm. and put and sent it done uh-huh. with a sure. picture Saved by the Bell, right? No, crickets mm-hmm. nothing isn't that isn't that worthy of like should i should i have gone with an inanimate object that's the other thing that i was thinking is it just because i just went for the obvious saved by the bell should i have gone with like a really old clicker mouse with like one of those you know those like early 90s she gone for a floppy disk see would a floppy disk have been better <clears throat> i think the problem is there's not really there's no a punchline right, at the end. Right, you're not, yeah, you're not, it, I feel like if anything, it should have been like, want to feel old, and then just like linked to like something from like, I don't know, six weeks ago or something. Oh, no, see, well, I was thinking, the, the only thing that I was thinking about doing was going like way far back. Like, want to feel yeah. old? Dinosaurs have been dead for 30 yeah. million years. Yeah. If they even existed. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> what if? Wait, if it's 
There it is. See, I need to workshop these. That's what, that's what I should have done. Want to feel old. Then went back to the dinosaur age. Mm-hmm. Been like, or like the first Homo sapien. And then, like, spun out into a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that turns into like a super long post. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't then, know how to bring it home. Right. I don't know how to bring it. And I gotta bring it home. Yeah. So I, I need to bring in one other thing that I want to satirize: mm-hmm. uh, the want to feel old, the long conspiracy post, and then the button at the end needs to be uh, something political. Uh, I mean, look, I, it needs to be a link to hyper, hyper so I'm not sure what you're going after. But I would ask you this. Why are you still on Facebook? What do you get out of Facebook? Um, I mean, I think Facebook provides me a, a service that Which keeps is? me coming back. Uh, it can keep me <clears throat> involved in friends' lives in a way that is easy and um, can bring some small level of enjoyment. I think mainly, though, it provides me a, a place to so we, we we've talked about this. I like the idea of a digital legacy. I like that idea. Um, and that's part of the reason why I use social media. That's part of the reason why I do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um I like the idea that my son will at any point be able to say like I wonder what my dad thought about Trump mm-hmm. and then go on Facebook, scroll back to 2016 and see, uh, you know, like what I was saying and thinking. And I don't, I don't use it as a platform to really like push my personal agenda. Mm-hmm. If I want to say something, I will always blog about it and then put a link in Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'll never go on Facebook and be like, here are my deep thoughts on, you know, politics or religion. It's always like, hey, wrote a few words about whatever. Here's the link. Click on it and go read if you want. Which of course, nobody does. But I don't, you know what I mean? I don't see it as a, as a platform for me to like, it's not about me. But it's just about me to say like, here's a funny thing that I thought. Here's my, and I usually keep it like light. Mm-hmm. perspective on this or if something does break through it's like here's something that i really thought mattered and uh and i like that idea that indy's going to have that have that legacy of me do you think facebook will be around by the time he's able to i have two questions do you think facebook will be around by the time he's able to go back by the time he's able to use facebook whatever age you deem that appropriate or whatever it's age, he starts sneaking behind your back and doing it. <laughs> right. And B, do you think at what age do you think he will be interested enough to actually go back and look at that stuff? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think as a 16 year old, no, I would have been interested enough in my dad's past to look that up. Right. I think I am being honest. I, I honestly, I think, you know, like 10 years after I die, whenever that is. So potentially, in 50 years mm-hmm. is facebook going to be around and be searchable enough well to- 
listen, I think it's I think it's more it's more unbelievable that I'm going to live 50 more years than well, Facebook I'm, will be I'm around. Saying, so I'm saying 40 years plus <laughs> the 10 years. I think I think I'll die before Facebook dies. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. Um, whenever that is, I think I think part of it is I don't care. Part yeah. of it is I I haven't thought through enough to be like will it be there will there be a digital record will i even care to like cap you know screen capture all of my posts or whatever for posterity i don't know um but as of right now i would think it would be cool to have mm -hmm. had a record of what my father thought on like when jfk was assassinated you know mm -hmm. be like hey son this is what i was thinking yeah. Right. Here's something I posted or whatever else. Right. Uh, so, I mean, and that's another reason why I don't delete posts like, mm -hmm. you know, even on Twitter, I'll just post it and leave it mm -hmm. because I, I want that, you know, kind of history there. Right. So could we go back and look at your live journal from nine 11? You could, you could, did I do one? I don't know. I mean, potentially we're in college, right? <laughs> yeah. And here, here's the thing. I would hope, especially moving forward, that I would never do that. <laughs> you know, I, I hope that I would never be somebody to immediately jump on a, on a national tragedy yeah. and then write a very long uh, manifesto yeah. based on it. But, you know, yes, I guess, I guess my idea of like the JFK isn't the best. It'd be more like, I wonder what my dad uh, thought about, um, and the, you know, the only history that saves is the sad stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all death, assassinations. I'm trying to think of something funny that happened in the, in the 70s. Well, I mean, we, neither of us were born then, so. <laughs> well, I'm sure something silly happened now. I would have liked to sure. know my dad's uh, uh -huh. take on Monty Python right. when they uh, hit the scene. Um, I have some pet peeves I've written down. Oh, oh, wait. Can I workshop this with you really quick? Yes. Um, oh, this is your new Facebook post. So, so this, is th this is my bounce back post. All right. All right. So. I'm kind of, and you're leaving that Saved by the Bell. Post I'm leaving up for the Saved posterity. by the Bell for posterity. I'm not deleting that thing. I agree, it's not my best work. All right, uh -huh. it, it it was lazy. I didn't even like put the text over the picture, which would have been the minimum, uh, to kind of bring the satire home. Uh huh. Um. So right now, this is this is the other thing that Facebook allows me to do, which is kind of vent. When I'm frustrated, because I also, I also, I'll say this: I do like the resounding nothingness that posts will bring back on social media. Right. I do find that we we've talked about that on here. I do like the fact that it reminds me like nobody cares, because yeah. that's that's something that I think is important to remember. And even when they do comment. I don't think they really care. No, 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 no. And, I, I, and so I think I post with all of that intentionality. I post with the intentionality of what I'm saying doesn't matter. What other people are going to say about this does not matter. Mm -hmm. I'm literally saying it because I want to say it for whatever reason, you know? Mm -hmm. 
and hopefully it's not going to be, you know, the, the, the reason isn't going to be cringeworthy in a few years when I look back and be like, Oh, what a, what a uh, prick. Yeah. But I, I despise people who use social media as a platform exclusively mm-hmm. and then get, get kind of a, a reputation just based on this online persona that is just see-through, right? They're just mm-hmm. manipulating a system. All of that drives me crazy. And there are two people who do it, I think, more uh, aggressively and audaciously than than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, Matt Walsh, the conservative mm-hmm. blogger Matt Walsh. And Tyrese. And Ben Shapiro. Okay. From New York Times? No. No. Ben Shapiro, ultra conservative guy from... Uh, from a bullied playground okay. somewhere. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he came out of the uh, covered slide crying, mm-hmm. went home, and jumped on the computer right. and has never been the same. And, uh, you know, th- this is a guy who, like, jumped on Twitter and on Trayvon Martin's 21st birthday, mm-hmm. you know, basically just blasted him right like you know of course we are we are beyond that moment mm-hmm. so Shapiro. do you follow those two people on facebook no no but uh, so other people are sharing those yes. stories here's okay. the thing they get the most play in mm-hmm. the middle ground like the people who think that they are like hey listen i'm republican but i'm pretty cool okay right i you know like it's these two guys are those, you know, people's like right. guardian angels. Like mm-hmm. that's the, you know, and so I see them everywhere on Facebook and it's, and it's coming from people who are like, Hey guys, let's tone down the rhetoric. Let me share this cool tweet from Ben Shapiro, you know? Right. And then they completely ignore like, they, 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 you know, they buy into what these people are doing mm-hmm. because they're saying certain things that they like. When really what these two guys are saying is complete, it, it, they kind of fall into the lines of, do they really believe this? Like they're kind of Rush Limbaugh light. Mm-hmm. We're like, is he playing an act? Or Alex Jones, we were like, are they playing an act? But then you realize, no, these guys really do believe this stuff. Right. And it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, um, both of them have been active. <laughs> and I saw a post where somebody, shared a Ben Shapiro share of Matt Walsh. It was like a perfect turducken of stupidity. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me frustrated. So I'm, I'm frustrated at Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of want to get off my chest. I kind of want all the people who are now sharing these guys around mm-hmm. this like Russia stuff and trying to be like, hey, man, I'm sensible. Here's a Matt Walsh, you know, blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of want to, you know, do a little shot across the bow and be like, you're not as even keel as you think you are right. by following these guys. They mm-hmm. they're actually worse than you've just following Ann Coulter. Mm-hmm. You know, they're devils in disguise. They're devils in disguise. They're trying to play the middle road. They're not doing it. So this is why I came up with. I I I see that it needs a little bit of work, and maybe you mm-hmm. can help help me refine it. Okay, bring it home. 
Just imagine the content that would come from Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro if they had any integrity. Ellipses. Oh, I see. Then they'd just be unfunny and boring. <laughs> um, I mean, I like it, but I think... I don't know. I, I just don't think Facebook is the place. I just don't think you're ever going to change anybody's mind uh, on but, Facebook. Yeah, but uh, that's not with the intention to change someone's mind. It's it's also not not with the intention to like. I'm not saying murder them like that. You know that that's the other extreme mm-hmm. where like if somebody is upset, like it's like, can someone just please shoot Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro into the sun? Mm-hmm. Like that's a stupid. You know what I mean? Like what I want to do is a more specific vent, but also kind of. Kind of hit something that's kind of like, oh, no. Yeah, they really don't have any integrity. Mm-hmm. And they're not funny. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they do by not having integrity is they're not boring. Because they'll quote about Trayvon Martin years after his death just, mm-hmm. to, just to rock it's the boat. sensationalistic. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I, just, I don't know if boring is the right adjective. Kind, you know, kind of like whimpers out yeah all right well you know what i'm gonna post that yeah you can always go back and edit there you go and we'll we'll track the response in real time okay yeah we'll have some updates throughout (laughs) here it is on does it make a noise when i post whoop (laughs) it just went (laughs) (laughs) based on the quality some sort of algorithm (laughs) to determine the quality can we, mod, can we mod Facebook to do that? It'll just like immediately respond to the quality of the tweet or the post. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So we, so you wrote down some, some pet peeves. Oh, okay. Oh, Hey, well I did my pet peeve. Right. Okay. My first one, my first two have to do with going out to eat. We went to a restaurant this uh, past weekend for mm-hmm. breakfast, and there was a wait, so we had to sit down and wait. And they, but they had TVs in there, but on all the TVs was the Weather Channel. And okay. I just feel like if how many TVs? Two. I mean, two oh. that I could see. Oh well. But it's like if you're going to have a TV, if you're going to have the Weather Channel on, just turn the TV off. No one needs to watch the Weather Channel at a restaurant. Like, I understand there's a weird, like, sort of dynamic in between, like, if we put on a news channel, we can't do Fox News because that's super conservative. We can't do, you know, whatever, CNN, because that's super liberal. Those are the perceptions of the channel. You know what I mean? So it's like they don't want to offend anybody, so they just put on the Weather Channel. But it's like, then just turn the TV off. Like, just don't even put TVs in your restaurant. Mm. Like put at least put on like ESPN or something. Is there a more offensive channel you can think of? I mean, realistically, I don't think there's a more offensive channel than Fox News I could think of. Because I guess if there is, then they could go lower than they already did with the weather channel. So, I mean, at least they didn't go Fox News. I mean, they could do like QVC. 
something like that. So I guess, oh, well, okay. It just so, seems like why, just like the weather, you're not providing anybody anything with the weather right. channel. Just turn the TV off. See, I guess in my scale, I would put TV off as the lowest option. But I'm realizing now for you, TV off in a restaurant is actually right. a mid to high option. Right. It's like let people enjoy the company they're with and just turn the TVs off. But then everyone's going to be looking at a blank screen. Like, you know, it'd be a funny. Then stop um, looking at screens. No, exactly. But I think that that'd be a funny, like, kind of sociological experiment to turn a TV off and then put, like, a camera inside that screen mm-hmm. and just record how many people will end up staring at a blank TV screen mm-hmm. because it's blank and they're right. either expecting something mm-hmm. or it's just easier to look at a right. screen it's now like the zombies in uh uh whichever zombie movie took place at the mall right they're just going that's a great there. reference they're just going <laughs> there because that's all they know exactly um right, and here was my other here's here's a, my pet here's a pet peeve I oh had. oh you gave me an idea has sure. anybody done like a ooh? has anybody done a zombie parody where you retained some kind of basic, you know, impulse in your personality. And so you have like, based on your location, will vary your interaction with the zombies. Like which place would, like if you go to a sports bar, Mm -hmm. those zombies are like nightmares. Like they're terrible. Mm -hmm. But you go to the mall and those zombies are kind of like, they'll kind of walk and look around a little more mm-hmm. like they're less aggressive because mm-hmm. it, you know everyone goes to the mall to kind of be like pacified mm-hmm. you know but like you know where zombies will group off mm-hmm. just based on their it sounds more like a video game mechanic than anything you know what i mean like now like these these zombies at the start with the zombies at the school right because they're they're there to learn Right. And they're well, not going to be little, too aggressive. So they're easy to take care of. <laughs> yeah. They're small and, uh, and they're, they're less aggressive. Right. But, or no, if you go to certain places in the, in the school, if you go in the bathroom, mm-hmm. you're dead immediately. Right. Out at the football field, dead immediately. Mm-hmm. But you stay in the hallways. Right. You're pretty good. Um, this is not a pro, this is a problem that I'm wondering if it's, uh, specific to our area because it's not something I ever noticed before moving here. I think. Okay. But it is so loud inside of the restaurants in this yes. area. Yes. That it's almost makes it never worth going to a restaurant. Yes. People are so yeah. loud. Mm-hmm. So, what I thought was, someone should invent something for restaurants uh-huh. that sits on someone's table, right? Uh-huh. And it's just as like a monitor, and it's like. Every time your table or your party, every time your 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 volume goes over a certain it threshold, back. no, like you get like money added onto your bill, <laughs> right? People will be complaining so much about. Then they should shut up or yeah, not talk but, so loud. But but they'll, they'll debate that the thing is malfunctioning. And those are the people who are too loud. Did That's I, what I say? They, we were at a restaurant. And the people, the table sitting behind us was so loud that I had like jump scares while I was eating breakfast. <laughs> like it was just random spurts of like yelling that I was just like, Ooh. 
like while I'm eating an omelet. It's just like how, like, who taught you to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, did I, did I tell you about my book bar idea? Yes. There it is. I don't think that's a good idea. We talked You're about crazy. That. Because people don't want to read at a bar with a bunch of other drunk people. You don't have to read. That's just the atmosphere we're going for. It's a book bar. I mean, I get, I get the atmosphere thing, but yeah. I, I just don't know how you would regulate that. That's what I'm saying. That's why you well, need a device. <laughs> I, I, I think it would work better if a device matched your pitch. With like a right. atonal tone. That's a good idea. I like that so too. So like when you're like, hey, it'll be right. like, this is what you sound like. Right. And it just is like, no, you know what it is? It's that, um, it's that, uh, sheep on YouTube. Right. Oh yeah. Like the death metal sheep. So it's like <laughs> when you reach a certain, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I like, that. I like that. And you know what? That is the kind of noise because you know that somebody's being taught a lesson that you could deal with. Like you'd be ha- like that. You'd be happy to hear right. the death yeah, nail exactly. sheep. You'd be like, okay, go off. You'd be I like, deserve that. Yeah. I was being a little loud. Or even if you heard it from other tables, like if you are like, if you're like, oh, like you wouldn't be like, oh, shut that goat up because that goat is doing the Lord's work. Uh-huh. So you'd be like, yeah, man, turn the goat up yeah. and shut those people down. Uh, here's something else I've had happen to me a couple times recently. I wonder if it's happened to you. People who stand too close in line. So two examples I can think of off the top of my head. A couple weeks ago, I was at CVS. Mm-hmm. And CVS just has the f- counter in the front. Mm-hmm. And then people line up behind that. I was literally in line paying for my stuff when some woman walks up next to me and sits like a gallon of milk right on the counter where all of my stuff is at. And she just stood there right next to me while I was checking out. Like, was her arm or part of her body touching her body? No, but she was like, she was like, I would say within six inches, maybe 12, maybe like a foot. Ow. But it's like, but either way, you should not be putting your stuff on the counter when I'm checking out, right? This is not like a, uh, uh, conveyor belt or whatever those things are called at the grocery store, right? This mm-hmm. is a counter where you put your stuff down on and then you stick getting behind the person in line. She literally walked up right next to me close enough to where I had to then like scoot over and adjust the card reader so oh, I could have yeah. room and put all her stuff on the counter. And then before, earlier before that, I was at Target doing the self-checkout. I had the girls. I had a cart and I had um, I was just scanning stuff and putting it in bags. And then some guy comes up behind me and puts his basket on the little tray right next to my reader while I'm still checking out. Oh yeah. That's too much. Yeah. It's like, give me that's some space much. guy. Yeah. 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 Have you had that happen? Not that that's, that's a little too much. It's so annoying. I would definitely jump on Facebook <laughs> and send a point. It's just like, give me some room. Can, right? I, can I throw another Let me live? <laughs> In this self-checkout line. Uh, can I jump on this with another pet peeve of mine? <clears throat> sure. Going back to social media. People who post something that's very vague, but asking for like help. Yeah. 
no details, just send good vibes now. Right. And you're like, you know, why not just say, hey, everyone, think about me. I just want everyone to think about me. That's all. I just want attention. Don't ask for a follow up because really nothing's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to rock the boat and have people feel bad for me. Yeah. There was a kid in, in at Southeastern who, um, I want to say it was a literature class I was in. Every single class was raising his hand for a prayer request before class started. Right. Every single class. Eventually it got to the point where the teacher was like, like broke it down and explained to him what this time was for. Right. And she was like, I think you're abusing this time right now and you should take a break from asking for like prayer requests. But it's like that same thing. It's just like this person just wants attention. They just want you to like give them like unearned sympathy. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I want attention. I'm very lonely. Yeah. How can I get people to feel bad for me? Right. <laughs> um, I think this came up while, the, while I was watching the Oscars, but I know it also happened during the Super Bowl, and it happens a lot. It's these, especially now that Donald Trump is president, mm-hmm. we're getting all of these very preachy commercials oh. that are like totally ambiguous <laughs> until the end, right? And so you spend like 30, 45 seconds thinking, okay, what is this an ad for? Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, it's like Cadillac. And you're like, okay. Right. I feel like that problem could be resolved if they just put the logo or something at the opening of the commercial and then gave their message instead of them being like this sort of like really like honestly kind of like greasy, like sleazy, like. Hey, look, we're the good guys. We're, we want to give out this uh, supportive, strong message. But then it's like, buy a Cadillac. You know what I mean? It's just it's like so yeah. gross when you think about it. Right. And I feel like some of that resentment, for, it, for me at least, could be resolved if they just, just open your Cadillac commercial with a close-up of a Cadillac grill so I know what I'm getting myself into. And then give me a nice message. Right. You know what I mean? What about somebody driving a Cadillac giving the message? Like a Matthew McConaughey, like the Lincoln See, commercials? he's no too way. much. Yeah, but no, work. I'm talking about like, um, like a socially conscious Uber driver who is like the face of your, uh, your company. So your Cadillac, he's, he's doing Uber in his Cadillac. And he's just very polig- He's He's very woke. Right. And uh, he's, he's going to lay some knowledge on you as he takes you to uh, your fro-yo. You know what I was thinking about today about with, with Uber? I was thinking about... Um, oh, I meant Lyft. Excuse me. Right. <laughs> I was thinking about these stories of like old people who are like, I've never, I've never even touched a computer before. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? At some point in my life, that's going to be me. I'm going to get to a point in my life where it's like there's some sort of something in the world. It won't be. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. there's going to be some sort of something in the world and they're going and someone's going to mention it in passing and I'm like, "Oh, I've never oh, I've never tried that before." And they're going to be like, "What?" No. Right? Uber. I've never used an Uber. I'm never in my life want to use an Uber. I don't see the need for it for me personally. Right? Like, yeah. I think I'm going to get to be like 
60, 70 years old and be like the person who's never used an Uber before. Well, maybe Uber, but I think as we get older, technology is going to get so like tied to who we are. Like, yeah, but I don't mean technology explicitly. I mean, like, I mean, Uber is kind of a technology. No, no, I know. But I'm saying like, everything's going to get so kind of, uh, uh, small and focused and driven Mm -hmm. where I think that we will be using, you know, three companies to get any one area of our life, like covered in like different areas of our life. It's just going to be like conglomerates and targeted, you know, uh, products Mm -hmm. that are just meant to like, this is all you'll need. You know what I mean? Like, you want to go on social media? All you'll need is the social media button in your fingernail. Mm-hmm. And with one flick, you'll be able to, you know, pull up any screen you need, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just going to all be centralized and so targeted to us as people mm-hmm. that, you know, computers is because it's like, it's outside of you. It's like, yeah, I'll have to, I have to find a power strip and plug something and forget it. Mm-hmm. But not when it's like, put on your glasses and there it is, you know? Yeah. We're all going to be traveling around in tubes anyway. <laughs> there won't be an Uber, but you'll be, we'll all be using the same transit system. Human-sized pneumatic tubes. Yeah, we'll all be riding on large cockroaches that are overlords. plan on watching Manchester by the Sea? Are you still interested? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you going to wait? I mean, it's on DirecTV. Yeah, it's on now. I mean, as soon as Elise and I have the time, we will. Wa- we almost watched it um, the other night. It was between that and Moonlight. And we watched Moonlight. Is that on DirecTV? Yeah, that was on Voodoo. Oh, okay. Uh, we watched Moonlight. We watched Arrival last night. Again? Yeah, I watched it again. At least watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want Shark Kicks. Mm-hmm. Manchester by the Sea. There's one other one. What was it? Yeah. Anyway, watched another one that wasn't really good. An Oscar movie, but I forgot. Oh, Hacksaw Ridge. Oh yeah, it doesn't doesn't look good. Yeah. How do you feel about Mel Gibson making a comeback? I'm fine with it because I don't really care. Like I, I don't have a dog in the fight. I guess just like, just like with all those artists, you know, it's the same way I feel about Woody Allen, mm-hmm. where I'm like, listen, if <clears throat> prosecute the guy, right? Like let's let's lock him up if we can. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, that's the thing. It's nothing that he's done is prosecutable. Well, that, right? Yeah, it's just that he's an asshole. Right, and he. Still seems like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, he totally is. Yeah. But but when you start kind of getting down to it's it's just like Elijah Wood saying, "There's a pedophile ring in Hollywood, and it would boggle your mind to know the extent of it." Uh-huh. And be like, "Yeah, he's probably absolutely true." Yeah. I I as a consumer of media have nothing I can do about the information. Number one, because he's not telling me who he's talking about uh-huh. and and who's affected, but also because. That is not my life at all, at all, you know? 
So I'm I'm all for not supporting kind of uh well I I guess I, guess I can't I'm, I'm not I don't believe in boycotts. Uh-huh. I guess I don't believe in boycotts. I just like like ever the, since the stuff about Louis CK came out, I've had no desire to consume anything Louis CK. Yeah. You know, same thing with Mel Gibson. Not that I was a huge Mel Gibson fan to begin with, but I don't know if he'll ever be able to do anything that would make me not constantly think about how much of an asshole he is. Uh, he's circling the next Suicide Squad too. Oh, well, there you go. So there's his redemption for you. Yeah, I guess so. All right, that's all I've got. Yeah, I uh, I read a book. You finished it? Yeah, I finished a book. It's terrible. What was it called? It's called Behind Her Eyes. Uh-huh. And it breaks to me like you know, like it happens in movies a lot too. Transformers, Suicide Squad even though I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh but just hearing people talk about it. Where you wonder, like, how did the writer write that and in their mind, like, be like, done. Right. I don't need to go back and rewrite that. But then you follow the logic and the logic literally makes no sense. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't even add up on a basic level. Mm -hmm. And in this book, it was like aggressively, aggressively stupid in in how he wrote the characters they were aggressively stupid and so he's like getting to the end and there's like all these twists but the characters are written so poor in the twists he actually like wrote wrote a character who figures it out Mm -hmm. and still does nothing with the information yeah like that stuff drives me crazy it's like i see that you have a gun you're holding it mm-hmm. on me. But I I think if I try and tackle you, I think it's going to work out. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, maybe have a different plan that's not going to get you shot. <laughs> right. right? Like, yeah. bide your time. I don't know. Figure some. Wait. Just see if something opens up. Mm-hmm. But don't bum rush them when they're literally, like, holding the gun at you. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens here but with a ridiculous plot that makes no sense where somebody's like, wow, they can, Oh, uh, you know what? You're never going to read it. Somebody can like project themselves out of their body in this book, in this book. Uh huh. And this is like pitched as like a love triangle. Like you've never seen written before. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they uh-huh. can pitch themselves okay. out of their body. Uh-huh. Of course it hasn't been written that way because that makes no sense. Right. And they don't even try to explain it, right? So one other person realizes that they can pitch themselves out of their body, right? Uh-huh. But the person, uh, so you know, the other person who taught them how to do this is the villain. By far the villain has been shown to be crazy, mm-hmm. has, is a sociopath, right? Tried to destroy all these lives around her. And is now trying to kill herself Mm -hmm. and wrote this letter 
left this long text message like I'm going to kill myself and the good character feels bad for for her mm-hmm. so she's like well I can't have that on my conscience which number one is like you can't have the suicide of a sociopath who tried to destroy <laughs> your life on your conscience like that's a that's just a right you know what I mean that's just like I need to get them mm-hmm. in close proximity right she goes to the house and the house is on fire mm-hmm. and she can't get in she doesn't want to break down the door because she doesn't want to leave prints that she like tried to break in. And what if it's a frame job, mm-hmm. right? So, oh, she's thinking, but what is she going to do, Justin? She wants to get and save the sociopath uh-huh. who's the villain who is in this burning house but can't get in. But she knows that this other person can project their body. Right. And then she just learned to project her body. Uh-huh. So what do you think she's going to do? Project herself into the house? Yeah. Now, what back door does that leave open for the villain to do if you have projected yourself out of your body, going to save somebody who's a sociopath who might have set this whole thing up? Uh-huh. She going to the house leaves a message for somebody else says, like, if this is a trap, I want you to know this is where I'm going, right? Uh-huh. The other the sociopath has projected themselves out of their body. Right. And then guess what happens when that person goes up to try and save the evil person? Uh-huh. They go into the other body. Right. So it's like a Freaky Friday situation. It's a Freaky Friday situation. But Justin, if an evil person taught you to project yourself out of your body and then set up an elaborate plan of suicide and set it up where the only way you could get to them is to project yourself out of your body right wouldn't you in the back of your head think they're gonna steal my body mm-hmm. yeah i mean this sounds like a bad romance novel it's almost. terrible it's so how did you um hear about this book i made the mistake of going on reviews i was like i only want reviews so i had an audible credit uh-huh. i only want reviews of a book that and so i'm i'm i want stated because rob i know is one of the only people listening to us, you know, especially <laughs> this, this long. Rob and I have talked about some movies, so, some books back and forth, and mm-hmm. I want to read Head Full of Ghosts. But on Audible, I look for something that's 10 hours or more because mm-hmm. I want to get my money's worth. Head Full of Ghosts is like eight hours. So I'm just going to read that on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. So on Audible, and I want something more thriller related because it's easier to listen to like while I'm right. commuting yeah, yeah. and I don't have to like pay super close attention so i was like i want something over a thousand reviews four stars or higher and it's just like gone like i love gone girl Mm -hmm. gone girl right esque and this checked off all those boxes Mm -hmm. except it's also mind-bogglingly terrible and people are in the you know i read reader reviews the twists oh the twists Mm -hmm. there's one twist and the twist is somebody can project themselves out of their body. It's not even explained. It's yeah. stupid. It's so freaking stupid. Yeah. I hated that book so much. It sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds bad. And yeah, in the big the big ending, you can see a mile away as a reader. Mm-hmm. And for a character who's actually experiencing the things that you're writing about, who should have maybe a little clearer idea that, huh, this person has set up elaborate traps in the past. Mm-hmm. But there's no way this could be an elaborate trap. There's no way. And so at the end, you're like, good. 
good. I'm glad there was a body swap. I'm glad she's dead. She deserved it all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no simp. Where's my sympathy supposed to go yeah. with that stupidity? So yeah, behind her eyes is. Uh, it makes me think like I just need to sit down and write a book because if that person can do it, right. I got I got a shot. I got a shot. <laughs> P-E-T? Yeah. No. Okay. It's got some guy from Lost in it, apparently. Marco's texting me about it. I I can't imagine that this is any more than like <laughs> a local movie uh-huh. from where Marco lives in a 50-mile radius. Pet. But he says. Pet. He, it, it, was he saying... <clears throat> I started watching Run, Pet Don't last Walk. Night. Go see no, it. it just says, I started watching Pet last night. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's that? And he said, a movie with that guy from Lost. <laughs> the one guy? Right. <clears throat> I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. Well, th- that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't, I, I can't imagine, like, I, I keep abreast of... Uh, movie news, and now this has got me. Or, or it's an old movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I wanted to start with a pet, a psychological thriller about a man who bumps into an old crush and subsequently becomes obsessed with her leading him to hold her captive underneath the animal shelter where he works. But what will the victim have in store for her captor? I've heard of that, actually. I've read that description somewhere. Yeah, that movie uh, is called Split. The new M. Night Shyamalan film. Um, I guess I wanted to to talk really briefly because I think some of our strongest content is uh, our haircut stuff. Uh-huh. Sure. I got I got a haircut. Uh-huh. Did you get a haircut recently? Uh, maybe like a month ago, oh. six weeks maybe. Okay. Um, but every time, every freaking time I go, I just have an experience that makes me want to go longer. Mm-hmm. So the last time I went and got my haircut. Because the lady looked it up. Uh, I don't know why she did. She was like, so how long has it been? I was like, uh, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hold on. She goes to her computer and she's like, December 8th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds, sounds about right. And uh, she cuts my hair. And it's a, it's a terrible haircut. It's awful. <laughs> right, sure. Can you, see, can you see some of the issues? Uh, I mean, it looks like a fairly normal haircut to me. I have to push my hair on this side forward. Sure. Because if I break it out, you can, can you Uh see? Yeah, I do see that. Oh, right. I think, I think the problem was, is that I went in not having had a shower first. Mm -hmm. So I had like some product in my hair and I think she cut it based on how my hair was styled. It wasn't 
in its natural form. Mm-hmm. You've you've experienced that problem. That's what my haircut is currently. Oh, that's what my haircut thing. is every time I get my haircut. The same thing happens. Um, but I go so long in between haircuts that longer than me, like December to yeah, I'm, I'm going probably like seven, eight, nine months. Uh, I go so long that when I tell them what I want my haircut to be, they ask me like three or four times if I'm sure that's really what I want my haircut (laughs) to be. Like that's a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. And you're only paying me eleven dollars. Yeah, they're like, they're like, they're like, are you? Wait a minute, are you sure? Like clippers, and I'm like, yeah, I just take a long time before I get my hair cut. <laughs> yeah. Do you talk? Nope. No, me either. Like the last one I went to, I'll talk if I'm talked to, mm-hmm. but I don't initiate. The last one I went to, it was busy, so that's part of it. But like. Not a single word, like literally not a single word between the two of us yeah. outside of, are you sure that's really what you want? Three times asking that. Exactly. Three yeses. And then it was like, all right, mm-hmm. it, does this look good? Yep. All right. I'm going to pay and leave. And it's a yes, whether it looks good yes. or not. It's just as a, I'm, I'm not saying yes. I'm saying, please get, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Right. Yeah, exactly. So on this time, what, what happened, uh, you know. First, there are some things that are happening, and like you, I was like, I don't know that. But hey, listen, she cuts hair. I'm just, I'm just here to get my hair cut. Right. right. I'm not here to nitpick her job, you know. And so I'm like, whatever. But I thought it was funny that amidst all the like, you know, my haircut is not is not good. Amidst all of that, she took the time to like shave. Mm-hmm. my my hairline <laughs> to line you up to line me up mm-hmm. like right above my eyebrow mm-hmm. going into my uh sideburns mm-hmm. she like took the time to like shave mm-hmm. literally like a millimeter like it's not there's not a lot to shave there right but yeah she kind of straightened me up on the sides and yeah. i just thought you know i both wanted to say Thank you, I guess, for going the extra mile. Mm. Uh, and then also just be like completely unnecessary. Please don't do that. <laughs> right. That was the one. She almost got a <laughs> sentence out of me. and It was right. please stop. Right. I'm a white guy in my mid 30s. That's the last thing I'll ever need. In my I life. don't need to get touched up <laughs> right there. That is the last thing I need. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so now I just have to style my hair in the same way to, right. to, to make the haircut, like, execute. Right, which is fine. But then when you wake up, it's like you got this whole oh. handful of hair that's just flapping on the side of your head, right? Yeah. And it's just like, how did this, like, like this has never happened to me right. in my, in, in my right. 30 years of getting my hair cut. And yes. now all of a sudden the past, like, year, somehow this trend has taken over to where, I don't know, it's just, like, yeah. strange. You feel like Bill Murray... In Kingpin. Exactly. Right. I think, I think the other thing too is I think that she was trying to give me like one of those Hitler haircuts, like the, the alt-right haircut. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's what she was kind of going for. Yeah. And so the only other thing that struck me when I got home was, is that who she thought I was? Yeah. I've had that issue. We've talked about that before yeah. of me feeling like people who cut my hair deeply misunderstand me. Mm-hmm. Like I give off a vibe apparently that make people think like, right. 
Oh, this guy's a Trump supporter. Yeah. Yeah. At least a conservative, maybe. He wants an alt-right haircut. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say to me. This guy looks like an oppressor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy would definitely oppress people if he had any power at all. I can totally see it in his eyes. The, the other, there's one other kind of weird thing that happened to me on the way over. I stopped to get gas, and I stopped at a 7-Eleven. Yeah. And there's a nine-cent difference between the price they had on their marquee and the price at the pump. Yeah. And Was it a credit versus cash situation? No. 7-Eleven no. doesn't really do that. No. Yeah. It was, it was just a straight-up mistake. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are gas prices rising and falling that quickly that 7-Eleven just can't keep up? Like, is that mm-hmm. a, a side, you know, kind of uh, impact of Trump being president? Yeah. Or are they like, do they just not care about business? Like, they're like, screw it. Yeah. They'll find out when they get to the pump. They'll find out when they get to the pump. Yeah. They need gas. They're not going very far if they need gas. So they're going to come here no matter what it says. <clears throat> yeah. The only time I really noticed that is when we were in New York. For I guess that was Thanksgiving, and the gas station I pulled into it was like a twenty cent difference or whatever. And then I was like, and then I looked back at the sign and it was like the price. And then like in real small text it said cash only. But right. if you paid with card, it's like twenty cents more expensive. Yeah, but it goes it goes up. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing. Like this one went down. Right. It could seem like. Hey guys, you're you know you're you're missing out here a little bit. Like it's nine cents. That's, yeah. a, that's a good amount. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, did I tell anybody? No. Yeah. It's not my job as a human. Sure. I just got the gas and left. <clears throat> I wanted to talk about something, um, something that I'm I'm kind of uh, dealing with with the girls. Mm-hmm. I want to see if you've had something similar happen with Indiana. Okay. How does he how does he do around older boys? Mm. And ha, and and how do they treat him? And how do you feel about it? Hmm. Um, you know, that's that's interesting. I <clears throat> I think that I've come to accept that I have kind of a parental blind spot to my son. I don't know that I see him clearly out in the wild. I think when I see him operating, I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you're doing a good job. And like, I, there's one story that I always go back to where Elise and I were at a play place and I looked, we we're both looking at Indy and I saw him like kind of give a kid a hug. Mm-hmm. And I literally like turned to Elise. I was about to say like, oh, that's sweet. And she was like, did you see he just hit that kid? And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, he gave him a hug. And she's like, no, he hit him. Mm-hmm. And she's like getting up and going to talk to him. And I, I swear, to this day, I swear I saw a hug. Mm-hmm. But I think that that has borne itself out. So how he acts with older boys is honestly kind of, I, I don't know that I can answer that very clearly. Other than to say, uh, you know, he is, he's not your typical boy. Mm-hmm. So I think that he kind of doesn't really fit in with older kids. Right. Um, because he's a little more sensitive. But he's getting a little out there. He, he'll he mix it up a little bit. But Yeah. 
Well, I obviously can't speak for girls, right? Because mm-hmm. I grew up as a boy. But I feel like as a boy, you're... You're a very girlish boy. <laughs> I feel like growing up as a boy, you're very like wary of boys that are older than you. Like, by a significant margin. Right. Just because, like, maybe intimidation yeah. or you feel like they're going to pick on you. Right. But I've had a couple experiences the past few weeks where, like, we went to this playground. And, and this has happened a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's happened uh, frequently in the past month. We went to this playground across the street. And Sophia and Charlotte are three and four years old. And we get to the park or the playground. And there's, like, these girls there who are, like, uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. And, like, I'm I'm expecting it to be, like, I'm bracing myself, mm-hmm. right, for the girls to be hurt. To right. be, like, scared or intimidated or have their feelings hurt because the older girls don't want to play with them. But they're actually, like, extremely welcoming and friendly and, like... The almost, older girls were? Yeah, the older girls are. Almost, like, motherly, right? Where, like... As soon as they show up, they like want to bring them in. They want to play with them. They're like playing different games. And the entire time, I'm just like, like I'm like side eyeing the whole thing, right? Because right. I'm like, this is not right. right. Something is about to go really wrong. Yeah. And nothing ever does. And they get along great and they play fine. So much so that like, um, the girls that they just met at the park the other other week, they were like come over to our house, have a sleepover. Like if we're ever not at the park, just come knock on our door and get us to come out and play. Oh, these and girls like, are playing the long con. Right? <laughs> and then over the weekend, we went to Funville, which is like an indoor playground area. Yeah. And it happened again where it's like, um, they're doing this certain activity and there's like three or four older girls, maybe like 11, 10, 11 years old who are like running the thing. And, but they're like, as soon as Sophia and Charlotte, show up and like show some interest they're like yeah they're like all of a sudden they're like now playing together and doing everything mm-hmm. together and just as like i was wondering if it was the same for mm. indiana or if maybe you had the same mm. trepidations because i just feel like growing up may- and maybe that just is me in general like mm-hmm. being intimidated by anybody that's not myself <laughs> right <laughs> But it, it, it just enemy. has me a little on edge even yeah. now even when i see it going right i'm just like waiting for the for right. the worm to turn, is that yeah. the phrase? I'm just uh, waiting for yeah. something to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think the problem is is that a lot of times, you know, <clears throat> I don't know where it comes from, but this idea of the alpha male, right? Yeah. You know, the the equivalent seems to be more of like not the alpha female in that sense. You usually have like mean girls, you know? And that and that might come a little later. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't take, it just takes one boy to be like, I'm big, you know, yeah. I'm bigger than you right. and I can hurt you. And that spoils everything. Yeah. And so Indy's been, you know, bullied. He's been picked on. Sure. Um, we, we try to address it and things seem to be okay, but um, he's pretty open with other kids but yeah with older boys he's definitely like cautious right there's like an intimidation oh oh yeah totally totally an intimidation factor okay um yeah the other thing that i'm still feeling and i know i've talked to you about this before and i'm wondering if you can relate at all is 
I still have this weird feeling of like when I see Sophia and Charlotte engaging with these other kids, like Sophia or uh, Charlotte is still a little uh, standoffish. She'll still kind of s- stick to herself mm-hmm. sometimes. She's actually been a lot better about it lately. Uh, but she'll still tend to stick to herself in, in these big groups or at the playground. Whereas Sophia is like full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. As soon as she is, as soon as someone says hi, she's like fully engaged, completely like acclimated, just like a blah, blah, blah. Like, like she's in it. Right. And there's a part of me that sees that. And it's like, and I, and I feel like, don't, don't be like those girls. Right. Like be yourself. Don't be, don't like so willingly accept their culture or whatever. Yeah. And there's a part of me that just wants to like take her and Charlotte and then just like leave. Right. And yeah. then just let it be us. Right. right. And, and when I see Charlotte standing back, there's a part of me that like is, is like feels proud. I'm like, yeah, like just be yourself. Like right. if they don't get it, screw them. Right. Screw, let, exactly. let them do whatever. Yep. And on, and like on like a, on like a, like a logical level, I get it. Like I see Sophia getting involved and I see Charlotte now getting involved and I'm like, this is great. Like it's great that they're adapting, but then on a very emotional level, I'm just like, screw those kids. Right. (laughs) Like just don't laugh at that just because they're laughing. Do you really think that's funny? You know what I mean? Sophia, come here. Explain the joke to me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You can't explain it. Don't laugh at it. I'll get back out there. Have some, have some self-respect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because Indy will watch YouTube videos yeah. and like borrow the language of what he sees right. on YouTube. Yeah. And part of me is like, no, like lol, like he'll do lol. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, that is not, not like you're, you're right. trying it out. And then he's like, dad, I think we should push for a white ethno state in America. <laughs> exactly. He's like, dad, cutie pie. Watch this really funny joke. Um, but, uh, you know, part of me is like, no, but the other part of me is like those videos and what he watches. Like I, I try and, and monitor what he watches. Don't yeah. But a lot of times they're helping him adapt and cope with the world. And with sure. other people. And so if the language that he's learning to cope is like lol, then I don't, yeah, you know, I'm trying to not have a problem with it. Right. Because my, my focus is on his adjustment, that he is figuring things out for himself, that he's, you know, putting things together. And if these YouTubers and their, you know, language is going to do that, that that's where you know we we've talked about this, but I I really do feel like the developments of childhood are not permanent, mm-hmm. and that might fly in the face of some psychology. They're like, show me the kid at seven, and I'll show you the man or whatever, right. you know. Um, but I honestly think development happens later. I mean, my kid is eight; mm-hmm. like he he doesn't know anything, you know. Yeah. Um. And so I'm kind of like, hey, whatever gets you through at this age, buddy, like do it. And then when you get older and you can actually like grasp complex systems and concepts, Mm -hmm. then we can start talking about identity. 
But, you know, if you're eight saying lol, uh, to me, it's like, that doesn't mean you're going to be 16 and being like, hey, dad, uh, you know, I, uh, I want to get my hair cut like Bieber. And right. I don't know who, I can't even speculate on who, mm-hmm. what will be, you know, happening when right. he's 12. What we also do don't want him to be the kid that's like running around and like chastising everyone that is saying lol. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that leads to a whole other host of problems. Yeah. I, I always think like, you know, we, we can deal with these with these identity issues later. Mm-hmm. Let him be eight and happy. And if that means watching YouTube videos of, I think, just like shells of humans, like some of these kids that he's watching. I'm like, right. oh, God. Yeah. Your parents are just hollowing you out. You know, yeah. your parents are just like to the cheapest bitter, you know. Um, Here's my kid's soul. Uh, but I think, I think I'll have time to curb him away from, from that reality. But, hey, maybe I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel about... Julia and I once had this conversation. It wasn't really a conversation. It was just kind of a anecdotal thing we said to each other that we didn't get into. It was a long time ago. But I don't want my girls to grow up being like cool kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to imply that bullying is okay and that people should be bullied. Yeah. But like I don't think getting picked on is is a is a terrible terrible thing like Mm -hmm. obviously it sucks and it's bad Mm -hmm. but like i feel like that's part of kind of being a kid is getting picked on in some sense Mm -hmm. and growing up just thinking like you're the coolest your entire life i feel like that ends I i feel like the 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 end game of that is the lawyer from the picture you just showed me, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. You've got the <laughs> make America great again guy. And then you've got like his lawyer and you can just tell by looking at him like this was the cool, this, this has been the cool kid the in, his entire life. Right. And now he's a com- like uh, insufferable douchebag to right. be totally like judgmental. Right. But like you can just tell. Right. And so I, it's weird that it's, I think it's weird that you have to walk this line between like, Letting your kid make their own mistakes, uh-huh. right? And like keeping them on the right path. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I would be more open to as terrible as it sounds, m- my girls facing like adversity and being picked on in school than being like the coolest kids in the world in mm-hmm. school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree because, I mean, it, what's, the, what's the quote? Ugh, I'm going to bastardize it. it. It's just like power just always corrupts. You right. know what I mean? It's not a good thing. And if you have the power, even if it's growing up, I think that there's danger there, mm-hmm. you know, to just be a shallow person because you're not being faced with adversity to kind of like question like um why like do I need to care that everyone likes me because this person doesn't like me. 
Right. And that's something that Indy has had to face because he is not like all the other kids. Right. I mean, he is like skinny and not athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, kids make fun of him because of his teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he got hurt by a lot of it. And as a parent, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. You, you want to go in there and be like, Oh, I want to take you back to a place where like the world was just like, why, why can't the world just always be inviting in front? Right. Like when you're three and four. Yes. Right. And just, everybody's happy to see you. You're happy to see everybody. It's just great. And then now, you know, he, he referred to his teeth as buck teeth the other day. Mm -hmm. It's like, nobody said, you know, in, in our household. Right. Said, Hey, you got buck teeth. Yeah. That's coming from kids. Right. And he's, really you know kind of self-conscious about yeah but i view it kind of like you where i'm able to kind of talk him through it and see him deal with it and just be like everyone has flaws like Mm -hmm. everybody's head is small at your age yeah like when your head gets as big as my head that tooth is going to be perfectly sized you know um and and he's having to deal and process that and just be like hey everybody's flawed you know um so I think those are teachable moments that yeah you hope will will bring out a more you know kind of well-adjusted person at the same time I've seen kids in high school they are just they've been completely emaciated you know emasculated and mm-hmm. crippled by their insecurities right uh that have probably started with kids being you know when they're younger being like your your nose is always running mm-hmm. you know it just went went from there so I I do think that goes back to parenting. You know, I think that we have an ability to curb that and affect a child more than the bullying that they face. Mm-hmm. That's my hope. Yeah. I think that's true. It feels yeah. true. Yeah. And I was going to say, but I think what you just said proves this isn't true, is is that maybe that dynamic doesn't exist as much as when we were kids. But it seems like it probably does. Like right, this, yeah. this idea of like cool kids, not cool kids, clicks, mm-hmm. people getting picked on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like a lot of generational stuff that I just don't know about anymore. And yeah. I don't want to get into like millennials and Generation <laughs> Z right. or whatever they're called. Yeah. I mean. um, so for the past two weeks, the past week, really, for one of these, but for the past two or three weeks, I've been watching, or at least trying to watch, the daily White House press <laughs> briefings. So have I. I have not been able to get through a yeah. single one so far. Yeah. And it's not, like, out of boredom. It's like, I cannot take this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like this guy is so blatantly, Sean Spicer, so blatantly lying through his teeth, right, that I just can't listen to it. And then you've got like the press corps who's like kind of pushing him on it. But I don't know if it's like a decorum thing that you can't just Mm -hmm. like straight up call somebody out or like make a direct parallel. Um, But it just is so frustrating. I saw a clip when uh, Trump was, I forget where he was. I want to say he was in Germany. And a reporter from over there like stood up to, you know, got called on to ask a question. And the question was basically, why do you keep saying things that aren't true? <laughs> and the person who was a reporter who uh, 
posted that clip was like U.S. journalists were shocked at right. real journalism. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, you know, that's I, – I don't know enough to, to assess, but I probably think that it does come back to this at least idea of decorum of like – yeah. We need to maintain some level of a relationship. But the problem is, is that this administration is like attacking all of that. And that, that's part of the reason why Trump was elected was to basically like turn everything on its head. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the people were expecting him to do it in this way, right? Like the way that they are challenging the system right now is to literally say untrue things and then not not ever apologize or even go further and just say even worse untrue things. Mm. It's like, did you, have you been following Sean Spicer's, you know, like dust up with the uh, British intelligence agency? Uh, Just in so much that they've been accused of also wiretapping. Right. And then the white house had to, Apologize, but then they denied the apology. Yes, that's the part. <laughs> yeah. Is then Sean Spice has to come out and be like, "We did not apologize." Right. Like it's like, good God, man! Like yeah. if you apologize, then just be like, "Yeah, we did." You know, like yeah. don't come out and like attack the story that then is probably based on something that you did because what you said again, going back to the original thing, was false. Right. Like was objectively false. Right. And so, like with this wiretapping stuff, that's false. And now with Comey coming out and saying like, yeah, we're investigating the connection. And have you seen uh, Trump distancing himself from Manafort now? And Sean Spicer comes out and he's like, oh, right. uh, Manafort only had a, a brief impact. It's like, okay, that's, that's not true. And yeah. also, I think you guys are pointing to the fire while trying to cover it up. Yeah. You know, be like, uh, don't look over here. We don't know that. Fire. We reject right. that that fire is actually going on right over there. Yeah, I can't remember where I heard it. It was probably on Pod Save America, one of the first couple episodes. Where the thing that's so frustrating about it is, is it's not like it's like it's just straight up. They're just straight up lying. Mm-hmm. It's not like a difference in opinion on policies, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like. I'm a liberal and I think this is the way to solve the problem. I'm a conservative. This is the way to solve mm-hmm. the problem. These are just straight up. You are just straight up telling a lie. <laughs> yes. Like it is objectively not true, right? Like you're saying Paul Manafort had very little to no influence on your campaign. Now when, you know, six months ago, he was literally your campaign manager, like mm-hmm. a paid person on your staff, the campaign manager. You cannot then six months later say he was not involved with your campaign. It, it just is. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think I think the struggle is that it's not political. It's right. not political. Yeah. And, and you see these reporters who are trying to keep a sense of decorum. And, you know, I saw somebody who basically tweeted like every president lies. It's like, yeah, every president lies. Yeah. But there's. There's a breach of decorum on the on the from the white house in this where it's brazen and it's constant yeah i like you have tried to watch these i haven't gotten through one where he has not lied yeah you know directly 
multiple times. Yeah. You know, about whether like still with the wiretapping, like they won't back down. Right. It's like, what are you guys protecting? And ultimately, like I, I, this is my honest assessment. I actually wanted to maybe even write into a political podcast and just throw this out there because Trump is acting again. This is not a political statement, right? He's acting like a child. You know, he's acting like what he is, right? right? Uh, He's been constantly given things and spoiled. And now we have a guy who can't, did you see the 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 footage of him tr- trying to ignore Angela Merkel when she was yes. like, "Do you want to shake hands?" <laughs> right. And he just was. And then everyone like, in the press started saying, "Shake hands, shake, shake hands." Yes. Yeah, I did watch and that. And he he refused. <laughs> yeah. Like that 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 is the actions right. of a child of a child, you know. Yeah. And and it's not even again. It's not like speculate. Like he is acting like a child. So I'm like. Is he going to, you know, not get so now he's trying to bully people into passing this, you know, Trump care right uh, bill, which apparently is not happening. Yeah. Uh, this is a big day where Paul Ryan was like, I'm making changes behind doors to get, you know, people on board and the people he needed Heritage Foundation, Freedom Caucus or whatever, mm-hmm. apparently came out today and said, no, it's still not working for us. Yeah. Um, that. If he hasn't passed these things, is Trump going to just like give up the presidency? I just don't know how involved he is. I honestly don't think he's that involved. Right? No, no. He do, he obviously doesn't know the policy. Yeah. And and you see that in like if you actually listen to a quote, he he literally is saying nonsense. Now. Right. Like into a microphone, you can't understand what he's right. saying when when he's answering a question. Right. And and again, that's not that is that's just an objective fact. Listen right. to what he's saying. It literally makes no sense. Yeah. And so he's not involved. But at the same time, it has to be more trouble than it's worth. I mean, he just wants to go play golf now and he can't do that. Right. Yeah. And now you hear all these like angry backdoor meetings where like he's railing against this person, that person, Sean Spicer's going to get fired and all this stuff. I don't know. I just see him like eventually being like, hey, America, I'd try to make it great again. This system's so broken. I'm out. You know, and it's your fault. Like I could see. Do you think that's a likely possibility? What What do you think the likelihood would be of that? Of him just quitting, but trying to save face, doing in a way like you've well, seen a yeah, child he's do. It, obviously, like, going to say this game's face. rigged. I'm out of here. You know, it's like it's not my fault. It's the broken system's fault. They won't let me win because he he hasn't passed any meaningful legislation, right? Right. Nothing. No, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done I mean, anything. Everything he's tried to do has been stopped. It's been stopped, ridiculed. He's been ridiculed. Yeah. You know? I I don't know. I see him like, again, you look at his campaign promises. We're going to win, and we're going to win so much, you're going to get sick of winning. Right. Well, here he is, like six months in. Not six months. Not even six months. Four months in. And he's not winning. I don't know. I don't know how long he cannot win without being like, this game's broken. I'm going home. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't quit on the campaign, and a lot of people were saying he would quit on the campaign. I just don't see him quitting. I honestly, I, I really don't believe he thought he'd win. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I truly, I, I truly, don't, I don't know if he's capable of thinking that, right? Like he's just so like delusional. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's so delusional. I just, I just, I, I don't, I don't think you anybody can get a read on him. Mm-hmm. It just is. He's so strange. Yeah, everything about it is strange. I mean. The fact that we have a president who tweets constantly. Well, yeah. And those have calmed weird. down too, though. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> fact that we have a president that will tweet randomly in the morning accusing an ex-president of some very serious charges, that is what is insane, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just that he tweets. It's like the stuff that he tweets is like, like, this is... Uh, like insane mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. It, I, I don't know like the whole thing is still like like the pat like i was saying the past two weeks really it's like been like this um really gross cyclical just like uh habit i've fallen into and it's like i'm so tired of politics mm-hmm. but the only thing I'm consuming is politics. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the press briefings. I'm only listening to political podcasts. And I've started watching these, the, the debate slash discussion videos that that streamer Destiny has been doing. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen got, what you've shared. Yeah, he got into the one with JonTron. And then I started looking into it. And he does this like, so I subscribed to his YouTube channel. And he does it on like a nightly basis and he's uploading like four hour long videos. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, give it to me. Right. And then I'm like, put my phone in my pocket, put my headphone in and just go do whatever I'm going to do. And for four hours, I'm listening to this guy just talk about whatever. And I don't necessarily agree with everything he's saying, mm-hmm. but I agree enough. And I feel like he's well thought out mm-hmm. enough that I can um, follow along. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can like, I, I, I'm I'm understanding why I disagree or agree or disagree with him, but it's like I can't escape it. Yeah, it just is like it's depressing. But like I said, at the same time, I just can't I can't stop. I'm like looking at my phone. I'm like, what's the next crazy thing that Trump has done? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the next development in the in the in the collusion right investigation? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some something's got to happen, and then you look at like what are the prospects? The prospects are, let's say Trump gets impeached, which, I mean, unless they find some pretty hard evidence of collusion with yeah. Russia, he is not getting impeached. It's yeah. just not happening. Yeah. Even if that does happen, Pence is our president. You know what I mean? Like, is that any better? Like, like I would say it is. It's it's better in that it's not Donald Trump, but policy wise, like. Like it's it, it would be the same to me as just having Hillary Clinton president. Like, like you, all the same bad stuff is still going on, but now you have the face of a regular politician doing it, so no one's really paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I like about Donald Trump is that everyone is now upset at politics in America, right? <laughs> yes. Like that's great to me. Like yeah. finally all of this stuff is getting attention. Finally people are getting involved, myself included. I yeah. wasn't involved before. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's the one thing that people are are overlooking is the fact that I mean, now your average American you can kind of say like 
man, this Affordable Health Care Act actually wasn't bad legislation, right? And they right. could be like, oh, yeah, you know, this many people are insured. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. So even though there are issues, people are able to see the benefits of what we've done, of what really, let's be honest, what Obama has done. Right. And what the impacts of taking these things away would mean. And it, it, it has exposed the Republican agenda, which is basically like all we care about is giving tax breaks to corporations and right. rich people. That's it. Like that is their, their whole platform because yeah. that's all that you see keep coming up in different legislation. It's like, Hey, here's our healthcare, you know, reproposal, a uh, huge tax break right. for rich yeah. people. Oh, and here's our budget. Uh, let's cut literally everything except for defense, you mm-hmm. know, which we're going to increase for some reason. Yeah, which we're going to increase. <laughs> and, we're and you know, again, this kind of idea that, like, uh, people thought, and, and this, this is alarming to me, is people thought Trump wasn't serious when he said things. Mm-hmm. Now that's coming out more and more, even with his supporters, mm-hmm. where you hear people say, like, I didn't know this wall was legit. I, I know that that's yeah. what he meant, uh, a real wall. And now people right. are against it because, again, it came up in his budget, and that's a, that's a line item. Like, we are paying right. for it, you know? Well, and to be fair, I don't – I think the, right, the, the common defense kind of of the everyman Trump supporter was we take him serious. We don't take him literal, right? Yeah. But – at the same time, I don't know. Like I was saying before, I just don't know how involved he is. And the feeling I get is that he is more parroting what people are telling him than he is. Like I don't, I don't know if anything he says is like a genuine idea or genuine thought he has had, or if it is just. This is what I saw on cable news. This is what I read on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's... That's what I'm saying Like with the policy stuff. I don't know how involved he is. I just don't know if he has like an original thought that goes outside of himself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's able to... um, Like quip with the other candidates during a debate because he's a he's a bully right Mm -hmm. but he's not able to like engage in any sort of policy talk because he just is not i just feel like he doesn't have the capacity for it you know what i mean yeah so i don't know like if the wall is like a uh, I don't know. Just like with the with the you say with the campaign, you you don't think he he actually wanted to win. I don't know if he's actually ever wanted a wall. You know what I mean? But like he just knew it would get a big response. So he said it. It <laughs> yes. got a big response. So he keeps saying it. And now he has to do it. You know what I mean? It just feels like that's what it feels like to me. Like he's just doing whatever he thinks is going to get the biggest response. Yeah. Yeah. I, they, they release like the specifics that he's laid out. And it's basically like. 
between 18 and 30 feet tall, which is, he promised a bigger one. Right. <clears throat> it has to be difficult to climb. Right. And has to look good from the U.S. side. Right. Well, nothing, and I think this clip will live in history forever if this wall gets built. Nothing will ever be greater than the clip of him saying in a campaign speech. He's like describing the wall and then like offhandedly before he even catches himself. He's just like, unless someone brings a ladder. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're going to build the best wall, the (laughs) highest wall. No one's going to get everything. He's like, well, unless they could bring a ladder. (laughs) Oh, my God.